Um, and yeah, so then we, we took the case over just to have a little bit more of a de- uh, more in-depth look. Um, and then we found, you know, this, this chap, you had quite a bad infection um, occurring somewhere in the body, um, you yeah. know, using what we, what we can to find it. Um, and subsequently, you know, we, we, uh, we saw some fluid in the chest and a little bit of a something odd on the liver. Yeah. So went in surgically, had a look at the liver, thought, no, something's not right here. Um, had a look a little bit further around and actually found this little lump occurring on the side of the body. Um, did a little bit of an ultrasound as well there and, um, found this odd looking little piece of what we call a lesion <laughs> or pathology. Um, and then today, yeah, I just pulled the toothpick out. So seemingly the, the chap was a very hungry dog. But, 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 but why did he went to another vet first? Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's, we, you know, everyone has their vet. Mm. Um, and you know, some guys are, you know, you have our specialist vets and then you have your general, uh, general practitioners and all of that. Um, these guys said, uh, you know, they, they got referred to a specialist vet. Um, specialist vet could only see them about a week later um, so they phoned around like a gynecologist yeah no no no, they're busy eh? so um, we said no let's um, we happily we've got all the we've got the 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 tech and we've got the knowledge so Mm. we can pretty much do everything Um, so yeah end end result was a toothpick that went via the stomach through the liver into the chest and out because the video you showed me it's very neat no, it's it's like comes thing. out and it's perfect. You can still use it. It's like yeah. right there. I know. And it's a <laughs> most expensive toothpick those people are going to ever. You <laughs> should frame that thing, man. Ever sure. Have. Um, yeah. And, and um, it was a little bit uneventful, to be honest, while pulling the toothpick. I was expecting this long stick or... Oh, like a, a monster thing. Yeah. No, guys have... Um, you pull out society sticks and you What's pull the weirdest out- thing you've taken out of a dog? Yeah. I don't know. I haven't pulled out anything like funky yet. I mean, I know I have heard of some horror stories where dogs have eaten like panties and sex toys and shit like that. Do, I, I have to ask you this. I spoke about this on, on one of the Wild Eye podcasts. Do you remember Richard Gere's gerbil? No. There was a rumor going around, and this is like, I don't know, way back, where they went to sex parties and stuff, and he stuck a gerbil up his ass. <laughs> like, like, you can Google this shit, right? <laughs> but then... So, so we're in the office, and my sister Krista, a little while ago, this comes up, and everyone's like, no, nah, I can't be. So you Google gerbil Richard Gere, there's, thank God, no pictures. Yeah. But then on, what's it, Urban Dictionary, there's a, there's a term called gerbiling. Okay. And what apparently it, apparently it entails is you put psychoactive substances on a small rodent, and then you go up the north with it. Is it is the psychoactive substance for the gerbil or for you? Uh, probably both. <laughs> I, I hope it's for the gerbil. Good lord! No, it's, it's for mad. gerbil. Yeah. So panties out of a dog. Yeah, yeah. Look, they'll go and eat like a bra or panties. Um, but but I've heard some weird and wonderful things from my colleagues as well. But uh, you pull things like um, balls, bones, um, geez, washing lines. Quite. Yeah, no, they, dogs don't give a shit. They'll eat anything. Eh? And we were just talking about how resilient these things are. No, they're tough as nails. I mean, uh, you swallow, uh, like, go ahead, I've pulled out a, a mango pip from a dog. You go and swallow a full mango pip. You Christ alive. Yeah, I know. The dogs, I mean, the next day you want to run to the hospital, these dogs sit there for a week, like, hurting, hurting. Mm. And they don't show pain until the last minute. And sometimes that's their, to their detriment. Eh? They're mm. just resilient and they're what they are. No. Mm-mm. 
How did you get to a vet though? Did you I, know from a young age? How did I become a vet? Yeah. Did yeah. you know from a young age? Yeah, so I think um, growing it up in the in the family, obviously my dad's a vet and, and all of that, so that's helped. Um, going every day into the clinic, or well, most days. Yeah, uh, most days. <laughs> and uh, just was um, just something that I learned to do. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, you know, following in the, for the footsteps was great. Um, certainly not the same perspective when you're growing up to when you're in it. Meaning? Meaning, I think everyone thinks, you know, um, Yvette is every day you go, you save lives, fantastic day you winning with animals mm. it's, it's definitely not the case it's the same so. as young guys who want to become game ranger yeah. I'm going to work with lions and leopards and elephants all day no, no, no. it's 95% people it's, and it's exactly the same with us you know we would love to every day focus on on the animals but with animals comes the owners mm. you know so and with that becomes um, financials and that's that's a big talk that unfortunately in our career no one preps you for adversity you know everyone teaches you how to do this surgery mm. look at this look at this but no one teaches you the 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 you know you what do you say to a person that says okay listen this is how much the op is going to cost and the guy says oh, i can't do that but but this is i was about to ask so so is there no from a vet training point of view a module on psychology or people or or managing stress and because i mean i've gotten bad news from you in the past and i don't blame you because it is what it is yeah but you can fuck someone up yeah 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 um, so, so don't they teach you how to deal with that in a way, they they're trying to implement it. I must say, it's it's we have we had a module at Varsity Veterinary Professional Life, very rudimentary in in the many years. I mean, um, like our our career or our yeah as has one of the highest suicide rates worldwide. You know, it was dentists really yeah, and then vets went to the top, and it's just is it, is it now. It's the last couple of years, eh, Jerry? I mean, the first, to be honest, yeah, and, and you, sure. no, no one says that as you write into vet school, please let me in. They say, listen, are you, Did you, know? Are you sure? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, specifically then, as, actually, as you get into vet school, they sit you down and kind of say, listen, guys, you know, be prepared. This is your, your industry. You guys got a very high suicide rate, very much depression. Um, based on the fact that most people get it in f to to want to work with animals and mm. help animals, and yeah. and there's a big big shock at the end of the day once you qualify and then you go to practice and people and you have to deal with the person. Uh, not so you probably during your you're during, during your studies you're probably seeing more animals than when you're working. Oh yeah, no, no, no. Uh, look, studies, yeah, and and what's nice about studies, you know, you know, you don't have to worry about clients. You have to worry mm. about passing and all of that. You focus on the animal stuff. Exactly, yeah, and you focus on the animal stuff and you learn to do the animal stuff. It's just once you're out in the big world, um, no one's taught you to handle the the people or yeah. or you know how do you <laughs> deal with someone who says you know well listen I have no money, but you must help my dog. That's what you are. You're what do you do, though? It's, you know, this is the thing. And, you know, there's... Um, we is have there some kind of... Sorry, is there kind of, like, doctors <coughs> have, like, the code that they're prescribed to or whatever cases? Do you yeah, guys we, have something like that? We also take the Hippocratic same. Oath. Exactly the same. So, you know, you are presented with an animal. The animal's sore, broken leg. Chap says, I have no money. You're under oath to treat it or treat him to the extent that he's comfortable. So you don't have to... Let's say there's a 
broken leg, you don't have to fix that leg. You can make the dog comfortable. But, but you must make the com- dog comfortable with pain-wise and medication and in that regard until you can come to a, you know, a finite plan. Um, but the, the one thing that uh, I think a lot of vets get caught in is the emotional blackmail from certain... That must be huge. Yeah, and that's why, that's why our industry, um, to be honest, is kind of fucked mm. in a bit uh we've got a lot of vets leaving south africa for for aussie and us uh for uk um just because uh, you know also there that it's it's a little bit less you've got a different financial brackets massively massively and like most people over there are on medical aid and you know middle uh, there's a lot more wealth i would say sure um you know when in our country you know the wealth distribution is a lot different yeah so it's it's what you it is what it is unfortunately yeah. it's just you know some people can either take it or other people can't uh, the emotional blackmail that's rough man yeah, that I, is rough yeah it is eh? and, and no one expect you know you don't wake up in the morning and you want to you go to work and expect to to tell this like listen i can't help your animal yeah you've you had him no for money. 14 years sorry for you have a nice day yeah no <laughs> you want to do everything you 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 can but at the same time you've also got to put um the lights on at home the lights on at the business pay the employees and you know if you had to do everything for free then and huh. you know, i what is i mean I, I don't know if you know this what, what would be the vet prices for the consumer as such or the client compared to international where do we rate are we on the higher end or where do we sit um no we are far less than what you would in like the the uk us mm. and aussie you know and the majority of those people there have, have all have medical aid mm. um so for them it's a laugh eh? you know that that and they can get every, the best out of veterinary or out of medicine let's mm. call it mm. medicine human medicine sure. veterinary if you know that you're covered you know there's no i don't want to say financial restraints to say okay listen i've only got five thousand rand but what the problem is will cost you twenty thousand rand then with i've got to or vets have to work with a five thousand rand budget then you know you can only do so much whereas you know the guys overseas because they have the the financial freedom is oh. essence you know it allows for better veterinary and allows for better care and and yeah, ultimately yeah, yeah. a you know the best for your animal so uh, yeah that's the i think the big difference between here and there so is it you never turn down the client no you're definitely not, a, you're not, not, a, not allowed in invert brackets no look you you it, it's all variable you know if again if you know a sick or injured injured animal comes in you know hit by a car it needs to be assessed now you're not going to turn the chap mm-hmm. away and say listen i'm not, not going to sure. help you so you you stabilize the the animal and you say listen this is where we're at mm. this is the the long-term outcome this is probably what it's going to cost mm-hmm. most yeah people will say okay listen okay the quotation i can do it um or i can't what are my options and then you give them the options you say mm. listen we can either you know a we can do what we can with what you have. Fuck, that's hard. Um, yeah, or you know, if, if you if it's really bad, then you know, it sucks to say. Then you got to say maybe euthanasia is the best option, and you know that's not the word you want to that's say not pleasant, e- no. every single day. No. Yeah, um, but it happens often or not, and again, that's the big shock that you get once you come out of vet school that no one rem- is tells you. You know, is it from a, from a mental health point of view? Like I mean, with depression and the whole thing and suicides in the, in the industry, is there a place or a part of a governing body where they can go to? Does this get touched on during your qualifications moving up? Yeah, so it, it does in a sense. Um, you know, 
we have a, a South African Veterinary Council that does, um, you know, is our regulating body. Uh, yeah, they, they do help, you know, they do have, and we have certain members that, you know, are always there to say, listen, mm. if you have a problem, rather call us. Trip. We'll talk you through it. Um, and I think there's a lot, it's a big awareness amongst us. Um, so, you know, if colleagues feel like they're having a burnout or having a tough, you know, guys help each other in all, in mm. all the right respects. Um, but it, I don't think it's, um, the, the only one problem is I think, in, yeah, is we just don't have enough vets to fill. Oh, really? Yeah. So you, we we have a massive shortage. So you, you work, you know, sometimes eight, 12 hours, hours a day. You sometimes have after hours to do. So, you know, you don't have a colleague to, to, you know, if you're feeling burnt, I say, listen, I'm really having a shitty day or I'm, I'm hurting. There's nobody to lean on. There's no one to lean on and say, listen, can you maybe just fill my gap for me fill my shift while i just have a break not not that easy to be honest yes that must be hard hey because i, mean, I know i mean we've been coming to honey the animal clinic where you guys are since christ since, since my first dog since i'm yeah. back from back from the lodges yeah and i know i mean we phoned on us with rocky i phoned on a sunday morning like five o'clock i was watching nba something's wrong yeah meet you there now i could just imagine if you're tired you've had a long week yeah you feel mentally health challenged in a way where it's just okay i need a break you're on call boom in you go again yeah, yeah. how do you break how do you take a break how do you break from it yeah i think i think for me it's um and i, I love traveling so like for me i always look for you know as soon as there's a gap <laughs> we we must go bush sea um <laughs> i enjoy fishing I used to exercise a lot, but now I'm just too lazy. And uh, you know, after twelve, well, you just got married. Of oh, course, right. it's like yeah, married life. Twelve-hour like, day, I'm like, oh, what the fuck? I'm keen to <laughs> go throw just away. No. To, it's easier to to have a beer, of course. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's mainly it. Uh, and but again, the, the trouble is, and I think I think I like my, my me like my peers is that you go on holiday. Mm. You take one or two days and you, you hit a little bit of relaxation and then third, fourth day comes and you're like, um, I feel like I've got to get back into it because I've you only go at 100% a lot of the time and then you mm. stop and you're like, yeah, yeah. something's not right. I got to, I feel like I've got to get back. What's so, the longest break you've taken in the last five years? No, I've, I've luckily taken two weeks. Okay. My wife has pushed me to take it. Good so. for her. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, only <yet. laughs> Um But I'm not, um, listen, I, I think I'm always, I always say, um, even to all my other mates and vets and say, listen, the break is what you need. You know, it's good to detract from mm. the clinic and the practice that you're in and actually enjoy life from a, and don't even think about work. Yeah. Even though it might run. It was like saying to someone, don't think about breathing. No, no. Just don't do it. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. Is it, what, what is the split, I mean, for, vet male to female in south africa my is there more males no majority female really yeah didn't so, know that yeah so it, you know back in uh 19 foot sack when my dad was around he was i think in, he qualified in 1974 isn't he like one of the first vets or something he's yeah, like he's like is, vet royalty or he, something. he made up veterinary no i'm joking he's oh, not right. that old uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no he um so 1974 um i think in his class he was about i want i'm not gonna lie 60 people and out of that there was only four women or three women Good Lord. When I qualified, there was about 120 of us. I think it was 80% women. Good ratio when you're a student. Yeah, I know. When you're a student, <laughs> it's fantastic. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Yeah, I know. I can't talk too loudly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't uh, think it was that high. No, it's very high. And um, it's, you know, it's, and it, it, eventually the, um, 
the intake was all on academics mm. at a point and uh, to be honest girls really sit and swat harder than guys do definitely at a school level i know i was, I was lazy as shit at school mm. um but and it's it's definitely a, a little bit of a i don't want to say it's a mistake in that part because a lot of women also come out and be like okay um you know they don't want to work at eight 12 hour hard day um at a stage some do and mm-hmm. they really have to because it's part of our industry but they also want to go home to like their families sure. or they want to start families they mm-hmm. want to have kids and um then you find a lot like a lot of women just want to do a half day job or um yeah or they stop or other other people come well, not even women guys as well they come out and they decide you know um there's not only clinical um, aspects of it. There's quite a few careers in veterinary you can go into. You can go into like a corporate environment. You can go into... What, what would that look like? Like guys work for food companies um, or medicine companies and there's rep, reps. So they'll try and say, listen, you know, this drug is a new drug on the market. Um, is that still a vet though? Yeah. Uh, yeah, you don't, you know, you're not listening to the heart you're not sticking your finger up a dog's ass and yeah, all, yeah. That. <laughs> but all the good stuff you're the, the favorite <laughs> part of my day but um you know they they still do their research on like drug efficacy and saying okay well i'm the vet is i'm kind of the forefront runner for this product now even though i've got a big company backing me mm. um it sure. certainly helps if um yeah if someone a vet or a professional person comes and says listen as a vet to a vet mm. or a medical person to a doctor to doctor i can say this drug or this food or this product you know we've tested quite rigorously yeah. it works so I, okay this is me personally that feels like a cop-out though no ugh, i don't know that's different just, different strokes like i'm gonna sit there, folks, there i have studied vet because i want to work and help animals and help people and now you're you this you gotta suit me <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know it's like what well you certainly don't have to do after hours and weekends which helps is uh, there more money in that yeah definitely okay so for people listening I mean I know as a, as a child growing up when I was growing up it was either you become a doctor a yeah. lawyer yeah what was the other one like an accountant or something yeah I know. that was like when, when we grew up that was the options yeah and vet was kind of in there with the doctor side of it yeah with the perception that you're gonna make millions yeah, no, it's again <laughs> Burst someone's the perception, <laughs> the unreality of it. Um, look, as a, as if you're a, a practice owner and you have your own clinic, mm. granted, you know, but there you you're working as a business and you have to work as a businessman. You have to be a good veterinarian mm. as well Does as a good business skills. Fuck all. Really? No, fucking nothing, man. How they teach you to stand, uh, drill the needle into the dog or into the cow. You can, you can pull toothpicks out. I can out, stick but my hand up a, do, a cow's ass, but they don't teach you how to do finance or accounting at varsity. Yeah. But isn't that what's wrong with the whole system, though? Even schooling today. I don't, I don't have kids. Yeah. But neither do I. Kids think. still. <laughs> kids, kids get taught how to or, or about the Second World War, mm. and on this day that happened. On this day that happened. They get taught about biology. This is a mitochondria. This is an amoeba. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I can Google that shit. Yeah. Teach me real stuff. Um, it, on, it, 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 it should be. It should be done like that. I feel as well. Didn't Elon Musk start his own school for his kids? I don't know. That ache is mad. No. Did you check? Differently he, mad though. Got a, got it, something to in it. In a good slash bad way. Yeah, it's, it's obviously something's working. He recently challenged Putin to a fight. I saw. Single combat. <laughs> Like, Still what? think Putin will take him. Eh? That looks dangerous. Yeah, man. Have you seen? They've done a study on him walking. 
Putin. Because when he walks, his right hand is literally still. Only the other one swings. Okay, you think it's a fake? And stuff like this. Because he's a military mind. Gun, grab, quick. Okay. That looks fucking psycho. No, no, I think he's... Uh, as, as, as fucked up as things are now, I think he's uh, quite a badass. Or oh, he was a badass. He was a badass. No, he's just mad. He's still a badass, but he's just a mad badass. No, he's oh. cooked. Yeah, so um, back to that is they should have, um, you know, it would be nice if they kind of gave you a basic business, you know. So there's nothing, zero. No, man, nothing. So as I said, like you, you've either got to, you, you got to learn quickly. Mm. So yeah, as I see, I, I see most of my mates have either gone into, and as I say, in our industry, you've got small animals, cats, dogs, um, exotics, or birds, parrots, all the small little things, large animal work, cattle, sheep, farms, mm-hmm. all of that. Horses, you've got chaps who go into marine, so dolphins, all of that. So Safaris, you, big five. Yeah, wildlife vets all over the place. Um, what else? Is there like a picking order between you guys? Nah. Like if some oak arrives at some party and he's like, guys, I just treated a fucking lion that, <laughs> that like fought with a rhino. And the other guy comes, I just treated a fucking... Dove. I guess I'll try to swing their dicks, but really, work. yeah, I know. <laughs> Come on, man. No, really? Yeah, you know, you know, I think the basis of it is that, like, if someone says, you know, I treat a lion, you're like, yo, what did you do? Yeah, Give yeah. us a little bit more detail. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, I just darted them. Like, well, fuck, we all Come know. And, we, and? All, we all know how to do that. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, did you do surgery on it? No, I don't do surgery. Well, fuck, I would have done surgery. On it. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, yeah, they do throw a little bit of like, um, yeah, boxing gloves now and again, but it's just oh, good fun. But as I said, like guys, some guys do poultry, like chickens. I could not in my fucking life think of I've studied eight, nine years to go work with chickens. But that's like, that's mass scale. Guys are working business there. So they, I just think if you go to a bar and you pick up a girl, like, hey, what you doing? Well, I'm a chicken vet. <laughs> you ain't getting nothing, bro. Well, you've got the biggest fucking cash flow. So you, there are, you've you got the biggest watch and the, and the Lamborghini. <laughs> so the chicken vet's coin money. Really? They cook it. A yeah. chicken vet. It, yeah, it sounds. Yeah, it's not the. It's not. It's not at all like flattering. It's no not nice sh- no at shit. all. <laughs> but um, no, you're, you're alright financially because really, again, yeah, there's a shortage and how many? There's tons of chicken farms. Yeah. What do you do with chickens? It's more like the the guys will see like uh, if a chicken house, you know, all the chickens, and that's like a hundred to two hundred a house, or maybe sometimes more. Do you yeah. charge per chicken? No, I don't know. <laughs> but Damn. it's it's but it's big it's big decisions they make. I mean, they've got to decide. Listen, okay, these oaks they're not looking lacquer because there's a disease going through the house. So then they, he's got to make the call and say, listen, you got to cull all of them. That's like 300 chickens. That's a big financial loss for that. So the stress on that is Jesus. I think a lot bigger. <laughs> but I mean, the biomass. A couple do you million. Cull one elephant or 450 chickens. Yeah. <laughs> what, where do we the, where's this? the balance? Yeah. That's bizarre. Chicken vet. There's probably someone listening to this on on Spotify thinking, hmm, I wanted to become an accountant, but I'm going to become a chicken vet. No, yes, just do it. Eh? Really? Yeah. Okay, so, so now, oh, wait. So when you go study veterinary, yeah. there's obviously basics. You get up to a point. Do you then specialize and say, I want to become a chicken vet or a donkey vet? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. So, um, so what would you be? Just general? Like a I'm, GP? I'm a general practitioner who has an interest in small animals so dogs cats a little bit of birds okay. and stuff like that um my and then you, you yeah as i say you, you do pick a course um so it, when at what you, point 
three years in, four years it in? It varies, Jerry. Like, I mean, my, some guys I know, like I've got a very good mate, you know, he was from Pumalanga at Limpopo. Mm. Back in wanted to be a wildlife vet. The boy um, started his own clinic in Kimberley and now he wants to be a specialist surgeon in small animals. So he forever thought, yeah, I'm just going to do wildlife, 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 and now he's going to be a specialist surgeon in small animals. So it, it comes with change in time. Eh? You start university at, yes, we started t- 2011, mm-hmm. and then I qualified 2018. So it's yeah. a long time of drawn out to, you, you come preconceived ideas, like okay, I'm going to be this type of vet, but in that time it can change eh? massively. Are you going to change? Are you happy with what you're doing? I enjoy what I do now. I certainly, you know, there are days where you're like, okay, this is the last vaccination. I'm very... How many people did you see today? Uh, today um, was more procedures, so lots of surgeries, running, you know, not too many consults, so which is nice. Mm. I, I enjoy doing the surgeries and the procedures. Um, but there are some days where, you know, it's a little bit quiet. You start thinking, shit, I would have enjoyed maybe doing a little bit of wildlife today or going to see a horse or just getting out. You know? would, would you know what to do? Like with the wildlife. So let's say, for yep. example, we go to Madikwe, we staying at Nkuru or Kakama. Yeah. We spoke about yeah. that. We're staying there and the vet pulls in. He says, I need someone to help me because this, um, we're going to fucking do something with this lion. Yeah. So it varies. I mean, if I know what the problem is, you know, you can extrapolate from. So, so is a house cat the same as a lion? Yeah, pretty much. It's just much bigger. <laughs> that's why you're a vet you know shit like that yeah no. So, uh, you know, what, as you say like in our first year we study we study cattle we mm. study sheep we do donkeys we do horses you do chickens you do birds you do everything anatomy and physiology of all of them so it's not just one you do them all and yeah as time goes by like you kind of you more specialized so then you realize okay i'm going to do more in-depth knowledge in this species mm. so that you get it there but most of the time you still have a basic understanding yeah and most of the time physiology is physiology like it, it kind of works the same the heart the lungs the yeah and so forth. like okay a cow's got four stomachs a dog doesn't but yeah you know okay other th- other than that it's pretty much the same eh? i'm i'm gonna quickly take a pause we need to find a lighter and some more drinks cool i'm back there. in a second Okay, so and we're back. While, while you just, um, I've snipped that already for you. Oh, fuck. Okay. Yeah, so I snipped, you just need to light it. I went to a cigar shop in Bryanston today. Okay. So normally get stuff from Cigars for Africa. Yeah. Phenomenal service. I mean, you pay, they deliver the next day. They're in Durban. Yeah. Great service. Good selection. But now we're going to Clarence tomorrow, and Johan and I need some cigars for the trip. So I Google, I find this place in Bryanston. Walk in, they've got this big fuck-off humidor room. It is insane. Anyway, got some stuff there. There's a lighter. Lighter. Yeah. For 22,500 rand. Lacquer. It's the best lighter in the world. But, uh, but it must be. It can give you a blowjob as well. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> but what it does... What's name? <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. I'll give you the number. Check that out. But, so it's got a soft light like that Zippo. And it's got the torch. Okay. My torch one it didn't work. But 22,500 rand for light. I'm okay. I don't You're a need, vet. I don't you can need afford that. it. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Mm-mm. But if you ever want to buy, really, really cool cigar shop. Is it? In Copa Habana. Copa Habana. At uh, Hobart Center. Mm. Mm. Good stuff. Mm. <coughs> oh, that's a good one. I must say, my journey into cigars has only been of, of late. Eh? Oh, yeah? Um, but I do enjoy them. Mm. 
think after my wedding, I think I s- slammed about 20 in the one week and I got so sick. I was like, Ugh, yeah, <laughs> don't overdo it, Jason. <laughs> and then you get these guys who they smoke cigarettes and they come and they pull this thing into their lungs. Like, dude, you're going to die. But I, you know, watch those old like movies of those chaps that smoke a, a cigar every day or hear those aches like an old toppy that smokes every day. I was like, my word. Have you seen Scarface? You are long ago. I watched this weekend. I was home alone and I was doing like a dry needling course or something. So I decided I'm going to watch. So I watched American Werewolf in London, 1981. Yo. And then Scarface. That movie is sick. I definitely think the old school movies are. Oh. I'm very bored, I must say. When I sit down on like just for a, a quick squiz at like movies now Mm-mm. nothing exciting I think the CGI is too much yeah but everything is just fucking boring there's no, and then there's no acting so if you look at something like Entrapment with Sean Connery and mm. what was her name mm. Black Cat Suit through the lasers Catherine Zeta-Jones yeah they acted there was two people and that was it yeah Al Pacino in Scarface Tony yeah, Montana fuck he's got cigars every single scene there's another cigar in <laughs> say hello to my little friend that and man it must is have just, it's amazing. Got a cigar full. Oh, no, good movie. And then I watched American Werewolf in London. I think it's 1981. Yeah, yeah. And the acting's, I mean, it's, they're not going to win Oscars. They no. didn't. But there's something still when he does the transformation from him to the wolf. Yeah. <laughs> and there's no CGI. Yeah. <laughs> and then you can check the, the hand kind of stretch and stuff. But when you see the wolf, it's a real wolf. Hmm. They, they've obviously filmed it in different angles. So you see the whole thing. But there's something real about it. Yeah. Now, it, it's CGI, and I love the old stuff. I don't know if you've ever been to. Uh, yes, I went many years ago to. Um, I think it's Bromfontein. Jeez, like yeah. And they had like old school theater, but yes. only black and white movies, <laughs> and they showed like Casablanca and all of that on. Yeah. Um, that was flipping unreal. More of an experience. Yeah. That you can. The, don't the, think they do it anymore though. There's a place in. You know, is it Parkhurst, Fourth Avenue, with all the restaurants? Yeah. You know where Hudson's is? Yes. Just up as a burger joint. Up from there, you walk in, and you go upstairs to the first floor. There's a little uh, theater called the Egrek, E-G-R-E-K theater. Okay. 30 seats only. And they show, so the one showing might be Batman. Okay. Whatever, the new Batman. And then before that, it's something from 1930. Unreal. So we went there a while ago and watched this black and white movie. It was fucking amazing. (laughs) But the cool thing as well is, you can order yourself a popcorn combo with a bottle of wine. That's but there we go. It, it's a win. And you've had maybe a bottle of wine before, maybe two. Not maybe. No. <laughs> you just come from downstairs. <laughs> no, but those I came from Hudson's. Yeah, Hudson's have good stuff. Hey? Mm. No, it's the, the whole old school theater, and now more. I mean, I was a big fan of the Marvel movies. That was great. Tony yeah. Stark, Love You Three Thousand. Very but sad it's... he died. Whatever. But the old school stuff. I literally, for me, like Gladiator. Yeah. You, yes, man. You got Scarface, all these old things. Um, I still have to watch Godfather again, though. So, like, I mean, I I said to Leah the other day, I was like, I get so bored when I come home and I put, like, Netflix on. I can't watch a series. Okay, there's too much fucking choice. That's maybe the one no, thing. No, it's overload. And Total. You, I watch something for, like, 20 seconds again. There's no captivation. You're like, no, yeah. I'm over it. Um... But uh, my brother-in-law said, watch, uh, I never, actually, this is the thing, I never watched um, Formula One mm. until I watched that series, um, Drive to Survive. I don't know if you watched it. No. Jerry, do yourself. What, 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 what is it? So it's basically like, it, it follows the last, I think, four years of Formula One. 
But now, now recent of, of recent so but they captivate like every um moment of it's from a different team's perspective so mm. like the top dogs mercedes and mm. red bull um and i'm certainly not a an f1 expert at all it just kind of gives you because I, I i used to watch guys on the sunday watching it and getting so excited i'm like i was like i see that's fucking it's boring. a car driving in a circle yeah. <laughs> 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 no, i think so i got better things to do but after watching this, you, you kind of get into the politics of it and you see the, the guys that back it and you see the big things that go into it and you see the, the competition. There's between a shit ton of money. Hey? Massive. Not only money, but just the competition between the drivers really? and the way the drivers are against <coughs> each other. Unreal. So Isn't there a big race this weekend? This is the start, yeah. I think it's just, this weekend is the start of the new season. Oh. Because yeah. I'm going to Clarence and Johan says to me, oh, yeah, Sunday morning we're going to do this. Day. I'm, Dude, what are you talking about? No, there's like a 7 o'clock Grand Prix. I said, I will get up for NBA and UFC. I'm not sure I'm getting out of cars driving around a Jerry, track. Jerry, I thought the same until I watched this. Maybe I need to watch this. I think I think you will. And I think you'll see us. Like, I haven't had so much attention to detail when I've sat and actually stayed away. So most of the time I sit down on the couch, I have a beer. And, and you go branded. 10 minutes, I'm dosing. <laughs> so this is the first time I've actually managed to get through like three episodes without falling asleep. So... It's definitely worth it. What was it called? Drive to Survive. Drive to Survive, yeah. Documentary. Documentary, yeah. <laughs> no. But the cool. other thing now, um, what's this Tindler Swindler thing? Yeah. Did you watch that? Mm. I stopped halfway. Not even halfway. Were you upset? No. <laughs> I just Are thought... Are you a Tinder Swindler? Well, <laughs> yeah, watch your space. I mean, there's this guy that's ripping me off still on TikTok. I've told you about that. Uh-uh. Jesus, we'll get there. Uh. I just think... So there's... Was she from Norway? Like mm. The first blonde girl in Tinder Swindler. Yeah, I think she was Norwegian. So, now, now, just just from a common sense point of view. No, no. Fuck. <laughs> meet someone on, tind- on on Tinder, right? Swipe like, rift like, I don't know. Anyway, meets this guy at a hotel in the lobby. And 20 minutes later, you're going to get on a private jet with him. But not just with him. With him and his ex-wife and the fucking kid. N- not strange. <laughs> Text your friends. Hey, I'm going on a private jet. By who? I don't know. This fucking... <laughs> Then they live in Africa, Jerry. Yeah, you see now. <laughs> they need to, no. And then she's seeing this guy for he leaves with these voice notes, whatever the case is. Then the son of a billionaire asks her, "Can I please get twenty five thousand dollars cash from you?" Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you don't need to get laid. You need to get fucking locked up because you're so stupid. Yeah, I know. I, I, Come on. I also, as soon as that part hit, when like, he was like, all my bank accounts are frozen, I have no money, and then I need you to send me money. I was like, and they sent him money. That's what the fuck is... You, you're a billionaire son. You don't have money. You just do what you want. Yeah. No, it was... I, I, no. I literally stopped watching it. I couldn't. I, I, these, these chicks are stupid. Like, they, no. And that man is still going, eh? Apparently. He's still on Instagram. Yeah. And someone actually, people... I think he's he has events that say like okay, we'll pay the Tinder swindler to come there and you can meet him. So people are paying this like for like appearances. Let's give this guy credit; he was clever. It might not have been ethical what, like or correcting the idiot. He made well. They they asked for it. They were stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I no. think I would silently agree there. I, I literally I looked at this thing in the first. I'm like, no, I can't watch this. It's just no, it was though. And like, but how it perpetuates is still. And those were the only three that they showed out of, fuck, who knows how many. Yeah. I mean, there was a couple of South African girls as well. Really? Well, yeah, you show, it shows a picture of him in Cape Town with his mate. And I think there was a South African, one or two South African girls as well. I would say I'm going to watch it, but I'm not. I, no, I, I can't. Don't I can't waste your time. Don't. No. 
Mm-mm. I watched that. I wouldn't watch again. <clears throat> nah, it's. I think there's a South African Tinder swindler as well. Like I think I saw it on News Twenty Four. Obviously, like the name stuck to the guy because he's doing the exact same thing within um, South Africa. I wonder about Tinder. I've never been on there. I've never downloaded the app. I don't know it. I don't know either. Okay. I just know from a lodge industry point of view, <laughs> and I'm not talking in the wildlife podcast now, so I can say things. <laughs> <laughs> no. So from a lodge point of view in the Sabi Sands, so the greatest Sabi Sands is made up of, I don't know, 20, 30, 40 lodges. Yeah. You've got the big one, Sabi Sabi, Lion Sands, da, 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 da. I know that Tinder was used between the guides and the staff of the lodges just for a booty call. Oh, man. You have a night off, swipe right, left, whatever there is, swipe right. Quick, I just need a quick fuck. Okay, I'm, I'm, here I am, done. Oh, what, what did they have to And do it's be not f- just guides, it's guests as well. No, for sure. Right? So these guys are fucking driving I'm here, no. on a dirt road through <laughs> <laughs> lions just to go get a quick off and then come back. Well, what did I have to do before? Like send a pigeon? And then, like there's no... No, man. Make a plan, huh? In the old days, yeah. magazine. <laughs> you just grab, this is way back. No, man. No, you have signal. I think yeah. it's, it's, it's convenient. Eh? Mm. you bored and you got time. Eh? Why not? Eh? I just think that with even something like meeting people going online, where did you meet Leah? Online. At, at university. Okay. So, no, so there man. was actual real life conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we knew each other, yeah, um, <coughs> five years before we started even going, uh, got together. So we were friends first. She mm-hmm. was the same year as in my year okay. of studies. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just kind of, you know, we were mates in the beginning. And then towards the end of varsity, we, we started dating. Mm. But before that, I mean, you know, it's very, at, at, luckily at our university, everyone's on campus. So you, there's no reason for you to fucking go online and you know, oh, try right. and meet mates because, you know, we are uh, all the uh, maybe 700 students. You all live on campus. Okay, some are outside. All vet students? Yeah, yeah, 700? Yeah. I, th- I, I want to... That's through all the I years. Wa- yeah, I want to say, yeah. Okay, five, maybe 500 and there's a couple of nurses. So... Um, Were they hot? <laughs> I'm joking. I'm totally joking. Some, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not beat it on the bush, yeah. Um, so like you're on campus every day and you're all in hostel and like the like and we are mixed race as well so there's no sort of segregation mm. and also we're lo- we were a lot older at the time so you're not like 18 19 coming out of school you don't know most guys are like in their 20s 23 24 so you luckily can be treated as adults there's no really much rules mm. at the end of the day. so you know that was fantastic so you know, there everyone meets everyone um and we had Hatfield Square, and yeah, so ugh, we didn't. That's meet. Pretoria, hey? Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, online dating wasn't really even. It I mean, is so I, I think I think I'm young. I mean, it wasn't even. A, it was foreign for. It's foreign for me now. Yeah. But I, I think this day and age now, if if I was not, if I was not married now, and how I work now and very little socialize, you know, it's it's the easiest thing is you know when you get home you got to think of like I got to go out, go meet someone. Do you, do you think, though, the, the people... I mean, I, I, look, I get it. People go on Tinder because they can't get out. They want, a, they want connection. Mm. They don't want to have just a bit of sex. They want a connection. Yeah, whatever. But there, there's that. I get that. Yeah. But do you think the younger generation, what would that be? They say 20 and under yeah. today. Yeah. If we had to take their phones away, what would happen? Fuck, I don't know. Their brain, brain like, would explode. No. What would they do? I mean... We went to a movie, okay, this just, just before COVID, so it was even like two, three years ago. Standing in a movie line to buy popcorn. 
and we're having a conversation. And kind of you check around because now I'm getting irritated because the, the queue's too long. Yeah. Turn around, and there were nine. There must have been 13, 14-year-old girls behind us, yeah. obviously in a group. Yeah. Every single one of them on their phone. Yeah. What are they texting each other? Yeah. Did you see him? What? No, no. I mean, I think about when I went out as a lighty. Um, you know, if going to the movies when you 10, 11, 12, I didn't have a phone. No. Like you you went there and you're like, yeah, some chicks around here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I got to go talk. I got to go talk. talk to fuck, them. fuck. They're looking no. at me. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. <laughs> Let's run away. So, I mean, there you have to. And now it's, you know, you don't have to confidently go and talk to their face. You can look. What do they call it? Catfishing, hey? Catfishing. Catfishing yeah. is when you use another person's face. Yeah, yeah. That's what this guy on TikTok's doing. Oh, is it? For almost For you. three years now. What? He has ripped people for more than $20,000 using my face, okay. my content. I, I got another email two days ago. I did a podcast on the Wild Eye um, feed about it. Yeah. He literally... So, long story short, he... Someone tells me way back, I haven't done TikTok for a long time. But um, he, I get a message from this woman now recently on Instagram. Yeah. I finally found you. I hate you. Fuck you. You're a terrible piece of shit. I'm like, I don't even know you. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> How's about how you do it? And anyway, so, but, but it catches me off guard. I'm like, what? And she just keeps coming, but like fire and brimstone. Mm. And eventually I'm like, ah. Okay, hang on, hang on, hang on. Where did you know TikTok? You said you loved me. I sent you the money. Dude, it is shocking. Really? I've got, uh, Wyatt Macho is the one name. The other one is Bensei Macho or Wyatt, whatever the case is. Oh, okay. So he's not trying to do tours. He's not trying to like... No, he's trying to sell them. Oh, is it? Okay. If you look at his... I've been blocked on every single feed of his. Oh, but right. if you, if you, the ones I've been sent, people will send it to me. I got an email two days ago about a new person. It's oh, up to okay. like 15 now. Fuck, where if you look at his feed my profile picture my he screen records my videos there's stuff me playing with rocky on his feed Hectic, eh? and then he he would try and sell people trips yeah under wild eye he's taken from what i can gather more than 20 dollars from people it's not a small amount of money yet. okay but now so this woman comes at me swinging i mean i'm ready to block and report and yeah. whatever else so I said, okay, cool, cool, let me explain. So we have a conversation, messaging, and eventually she's like, yeah, but how do I know? Because he says that you guys are in this together and you do it to kind of pick up women and make money. I'm like, fuck Hec you. Hectic. Okay, then I said, to, okay, listen, listen. Have you ever had, a, so you've been talking to me, him, whatever, for eight months. Have you ever had a video call? Because surely, I mean, in today's world, if you speak to someone today, you pick someone up, four days from now, you have a video call. Easy. Or that night. Easy peasy, yeah. Okay. Eight months, you've never once done a video call. No, 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 I did. I said, oh, really? Yes, let me show you. I'm like, what? It's a screen recording of me in in, in, in Iceland doing a, a walkthrough on my story of my room. That's what she thought was alive. So I'm sorry. If you have a questionable IQ, yeah, that's <laughs> going to say. I'm sorry, man. Hmm. <laughs> so it's. And it's gotten to a point where I'm just like, you know, what do you want me to do? No, it's not. Oh, From what no. I can gather, this guy lives in Florida. He's obviously not uh, English native. Surely you're going to, can you, you've tracked him to Florida or how have you kind of it's, known? It's through, it's through the first, when, he, when it happened on TikTok, he had a picture of, which could potentially be himself on his feed. And then what some people have said, it seems like it's Florida. I don't know. But I've got an email address. I got blocked. 
So he's got Wyatt Macho 01. Yeah. It's the first one I ever emailed him back on. Got blocked. This lady now gives me Wyatt Macho 05. So yeah. I think, watch this space. Cut and paste. Wyatt yeah. Macho 1, 2, 3, 4, Just 5, 6. Going, at yeah. Gmail send. Four came back. The rest never I heard from. Really, eh? But, uh, no, I mean... And there's I, no ways you can say, like, there's no authority body you can so say, no, this so and I, go I spoke and look to, at this. Uh, uh, a client slash friend of mine in New York said that apparently if I can prove that he's swindled people for more than a certain amount, I can't remember what it was, okay. then the FBI will look into it. Okay. But I seriously? Unlikely $20,000. No. <laughs> and for me to go and try and get all the... I'm like, fuck that. Not worth do your thing, effort, man. Eh? Wyatt, you know what? Get your socks off. Go whatever. <laughs> but yo, I got another message now again. Two months. Is it long emails? Is he, is he the only chap? Or has there been a few? There's another guy called Philip, which I think is the same guy because it's the same modus of brand. It's the same. Yeah. I love you. We need to be together, and and but he's a clever guy. Yeah. He'll pick up what people want and he gives it to them. Mm. All these and all the ladies are kind of middle aged and on. And yeah. he plays them. Oh yeah, I, I think sick, there's a. Bro. It is sick. I was Tinder swindler. Eh? Mm. Same same. Judy from my office says, "No, I've got to go Netflix." <laughs> go to Netflix. I'm like, I can't be bothered. Yeah. <laughs> to, to, to actually try and get all this information together. Whatever, man. No, man. Distracts you from strange. what you really need to do. Mm. Like you, you're not huge on social, are you? No, no, not You've really. got a lot of fish on your, on your feed. It's a lot of fishing. It's like the one fish I catch out of the none that I generally don't. <laughs> <laughs> I go fishing a lot. I catch fuck all. Which is <laughs> <laughs> tell most fishermen it's, it's that sort of story. Um, no, I, I, I used to do a lot. I mm. could varsity and... I, you know, when I just finished my trick, I, which was like 2010, then I went on to f- Facebook. Okay. Um, and then I, I can't as even, an individual or for the company? No, no, as an individual, just for you. like on my own profile. Mm. And then, I mean, geez, and then I go get a, a, a reminder of what a, the posts I made back in 2010 and you yeah. know, crawl into a hole. You're like, oh my God, who is that? That wasn't me. Yeah, I didn't no. make that Facebook post. Yeah, like, can I delete this? Who the fuck is that? Um, <laughs> <laughs> And then Instagram came along. I can't even remember what year it was. It came out. Isn't but 2007. Why do I think it's 2000? I don't know. Is that early? Jeez. No, that's was the iPhone. Isn't that the iPhone? Yeah, it couldn't be before Facebook, I don't yeah. think. No, no, no. It's after, yeah, way yeah. after. And after that, I was like, I didn't even go onto it. I only caught onto it late into Varsity. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Who, I, who I like. runs the clinic social? Um, So it's a combination a little bit between... Uh, the vets and some of the staff. So you guys all have access? Yeah, we do. Uh, there's a few, like maybe a nurse, um, one of the other vets, my mom and myself. Um, and yeah, it's just, um, you know, some days I don't have time to run content mm. or say, let's do this at the time. So I'll just say, please, you know, let's throw out a post here. Let's have a nice like little show what we've done today. Like the the doggy with the, the toothpick in the chest. Mm. You know, that's going to be a very the, cool... Have you posted that? Oh, we will, yeah. It's going to be a very interesting case to do. Um, so, you know, small things like that just to show like what we do, what we can do. Mm. Um, yeah, so it's a, a little bit, but it's, it's, it's not something, again, that you're taught to do. You've just got to kind of learn through the motions. And but, but here's the thing with social though, is I've got a coaching client out of Melbourne and kind of twofold we work on personal and we work on business mm. and then through all of this eventually came down to social media this at the other yeah and the, okay so this particular person who they have running their feed is good she knows her stuff and yeah. she does this that the other the amount of times we've spoken to lodges specifically yeah and say can we help you with social 
Because it's a win. I can go there. I can create content. You as the lodge win. Yeah. I win. Yeah. Because I'm out there. But then you got to know that will your media, our, our, our marketing manager is in charge of our social. He'll be in touch. Sweet. Okay. So Joseph gets in touch. Or John. What the fuck his name is. And he's Fuck like, off. okay, cool. Yo, what about this, that, the other? I've got a marketing degree. Okay, but what do you know? Social media. No, no, we did a module on that. Oh, okay, so you so you did a module. What is your purpose? Have you been in the trenches? Have you done and built an account? Yeah. Have you tested every feature? Have yeah. you done all these things? The amount of times we've got to, had to go to media, well, marketing people, and say, do you know there's something called Reels on Instagram? Yeah. And that's what growth is right now. Yeah. Nothing. But they have a piece of paper that says social, social media. No, on it. it means nothing, though. Nothing. And I think it really, it's, I mean, I think I, uh, there's a little bit of Instagram I look at um, and the way I've seen you also. It's it's a time, hey? Like, it's it is. it's time and effort, and you've got to mm. really know what you're doing. And I think it's, I, I don't know if it's maybe, is it, may, do you think it's easier to be a, a person and do like as, a, as your own single profile or mm. a business? What do you think is easier? I think, look. I think for you guys having the, the vet feed, you should be able to crush that. Because mm. the content you have coming in daily, every dog is a piece of content. I don't mean that disrespectfully. No, I no, mean, no. It, it really is. is. It all is. Yeah. Um, from a personal branding point of view, the problem is influencers have messed it up for all of us. Literally. Yeah. Because the moment you start adding value and you get bigger as a brand, people, and I, I, just today I must have had three offers, post this, will pay you, that. Oh, really? I'm not interested. Yeah. Because the moment I take your money, yeah. you own me. Yeah, you know. And I will post the content I want. I don't want you to tell me. Yeah, what I will you post, need to for do. example, Al Fuente Disguise, this yeah. guy. Yeah. I would post that because it's nice. I like it. Yeah. But no. Other than that, no. It's at a point where, actually, let me read you something. I'm, I, I wrote this earlier on. I want to post this maybe tomorrow when I get to Clarence. Uh, because it's. So I want to make a story of this. Okay. <clears throat> You ready? Okay. <laughs> so on a story with pictures and whatever it is. Yeah. Hi. Been a busy week and focus has been elsewhere. And the less time I spend on social media, the more obvious the hypnotic effect of it is to me. It really isn't about being social as much as it is about comparison, ego, relevancy, desperation, negativity, significance, and predictability. These things, rather than adding value, seems to be the major obsession behind the subtle sense of desperation for likes, engagement, and attention. Yeah. Make no mistake, I do get it. I've played the social media game for many years, and right now it's longer, no longer quite as exciting for me to participate. I want more engagement in the real world, real engagement. This week alone, I've helped people realize their travel dreams, educated people on destinations and photography, and literally changed people's minds and lives in my coaching business. I did all of this without being on social media, and I was fully invested in every single moment. Never ever question the importance of your offline growth and creation. No, for sure. I mean, that's it's, that's real. That's what it is. That's going. People are posting stuff. You're very popular. Your phone's ringing all the time. It's a security company. Hmm? Security company. Oh, isn't that a bad thing? I don't know. <laughs> From home? I'll phone later. No. <laughs> for the Maybe they're stealing patat or something. No, no, no. no. I'll find it. <laughs> Favorite dog breed? Yes. I love pugs. Obviously, man. Pugs are the bomb. Um, as vets, you shouldn't. You you actually not supposed to like the flat faces and the brachycephalics. Yeah, you know, the brachycephalics are no no nose, but I love them. Man. I think why? they're, they're the why? personality, man. They just they they're awesome. Man. 
So I, I've always been a Boston Terrier fan. Yeah. Like since many, many years. And Jackson's my boy. He's a rock star and he's super anxious and edgy and whatever. That's fine. When when I fetched Louie, the pug. Now what the fuck is that? Literally, no, no, no you, you're joking. <laughs> it's an alien. The woman brought this thing out. So my sister went with because I got it as a birthday present. So she brings this thing out. I was about to say to her, sorry. That's broken. That is not. I didn't what order I, that. I don't know what that is. The head is as big as it is now. The fat body. It's bizarre. But they are the most, what's the word? Charismatic dogs. Yeah. Holy hell, the personality is just no, weird. But, uh, that's why I, I dig them, eh? I mean, we've Tats got... is the best name for a dog ever. Yeah, I know. It's like, well, I laughed the one day. I mean, um, being a, a, an English boy at a Afrikaans university, uh, the one day um, Leah tells me uh, her, her um, brother-in-law's um, hu- husband called their, their dog Patat. I'm like, that Wait. is fucking you, you, cool name yeah. I'm like that is the best name for a dog in the what world what dog was it it was a it was actually a stray dog like a Maltese poodle that they pulled off the side of the road so they just kept it okay um, and they called it Patat because you know they couldn't find a name for it what, what is Patat in, in what is it in English it's not potato it's, it it's potato it's a, yeah, I, like I if, I, if I say get the Patat like we get the potatoes okay I don't think there's much of a difference. Okay, but patat for a poodle is not right. No, no. Patat for a pug is amazing. Yeah, no. It looks like a potato. Yeah. It's a black did, potato. Did you ever, do you remember, um, what was her name? Jenny Chris Williams. She used to be a talk show host on 702, one of the local radio stations. Yeah, yeah. And she had this thing against poodles. And she had a little book. I think I spoke, that security company wants you badly. You want to grab it? Can I? Go for it. We'll take a very quick break. Okay, and we're back. Everything cool on the phone call? No, all good, all good. Um, yeah, I think going back to the social media thing, it's, mm. it's, um, you know, it's, I mean, as I said, like I was doing it a lot. And, and I still, I, I, I basically maybe look at posts. I more enjoy looking at posts than, than following. Um, but how again, often do you go, I mean, on a day, how often do you go to social? If it's a still day, maybe like twice, three times. Mm. Um, you know, if it's busy, busy, I'll only go in the evenings once I get home from work. But I'll just go into Facebook, quickly run the feeds. Um, so you post some stuff? No, 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 no. Just run, just no, check. No, just see what's going on. Okay. Uh, just see what people are up to. Just check in. Um, I enjoy watching like a little bit of the news. Not even though it's good news, but just to see. <laughs> it was a bit of a shit show right now. Exactly. But I, TikTok's enjoyable. Um I think funny, funny, funny fees is what uh, mm. what we're going for. Um, but your posting, not so much. I eh? don't mm-hmm. really have time for that. Nah. But again, it's it's enjoyable to um, also again detract and see what's real. You know. Yeah. You don't always have to post. And I think a, a lot of people post stuff, and you see the the greener side of life. Meanwhile, it's maybe not so. Ah, oh, that's all fake, man. There's so much fake out there. It's frightening. Mm. I've been trying to get hold of one of, I'm not going to go the names now, but one of South Africa's kind of bigger, <coughs> in air quotes, influences. Yes. Because I want to have an honest conversation about the whole thing. Yeah. Because today you tell me this is the best bowl. Mm. You've got to buy it. I'm like, I'm sliding with my seat because this is amazing. Tomorrow, this phone cover is the best. Then this microphone is the best. It's like, make up your mind. 
But it's also like it's You're selling your soul for that shit. Yeah, but is it, like is it consistent? Like can you no, it's not. every do every day do that? Like because mm. you've actually every day gotta wake up and be like, I've really gotta find something new. Mm. And it, <clears throat> I don't wanna say I don't want to detract I think it's a lot of work because shit it is work. You gotta sure. go find something to sell or be mm. and I don't know, try to sell your product, your your lifestyle. But they, they don't have a product. But, and also, it's not a... They are the... Well, I guess they would answer they, they are the product. Yeah. And, but but every, then you get these chicks. They... And some of the guys as well. Every day, they're in a hairdresser. The next day, they're doing their lashes. Yeah. The next day, they're doing their nails. Then they give some... I've even... There, there's one that did like a tampon thing. And it's like... Hey? I'm like no, for sure. <laughs> a tampon influencer. Okay. It's Explain more. <laughs> no, I don't know what to tell you. So, so, so it's like posing with a bikini, and then it's and like, then? oh, it's that time of the month, but I can with confidence sit with my green bikini next to this pool. <laughs> okay, I'm speaking for the whole world. We don't give a fuck. Okay, because, because wrong, like, wrong talking market, Jerry. Yeah, you're, you're not. Maybe we check the feeds, but, but a lot of it based on the TikTok model. And mm. it's dancing and stuff, and it's like this and that. But then you get the guys doing it, the girls doing it. It's like, this is not the real world. There was a, there was a thing recently. I think it was Michael Bisping, one of the U.S. Um, middleweight champion on UFC a couple of years ago, and he read a thing on a podcast recently where, like, and it was comparing Russia, Russia to America. Yeah. So in America, you have grown men dancing to TikTok. Okay. Where in Russia, the guys are fucking wrestling bears when they're four years old. Yeah, I think people... We're having a soft... The people growing up now, we have a soft generation coming up. But I think I think a lot of people made money, you know, in the early in the growing days of it. To be like, it's too easy to be an uh, influencer. Mm. And I think guys creamed the day with money-wise. They're still making and money. Not, yeah, no, they're still... Big money. I don't know. I don't, I don't doubt that. But I think everyone now sees, okay, well, that's a job. Mm. But now the fuck market is saturated and you are having to do and pull out the weirdest shit in the world to mm. just to be known. Um, and it does. That stuff does get fine. puts you on the spot. But at what point have you... It's going to crash. Well, I don't know if it's going to crash, but if you don't have a set skill, like what is your set skill? You can sell shit online. It has to mature it, somehow. Yeah, I know. It has to mature. I mean, you can't be you can't be doing that when you're a buddy unless you've changed your... Start selling, I don't know, old buddy shit. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what is old buddy Strollers shit? and wheelchairs, I don't know. <laughs> Zimmer frames, bro. <laughs> Oxygen tanks. No, it's, it's, it's a very strange reality. It's very strange. I saw the US government. No, 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 no joke. The US government got 30 TikTok influencers together in order for them to help them spread the message of what's the war about, don't worry about that. And Tim Dillon, who's a, he's got a podcast, he's a phenomenal comedian out of the US. And he did this skit where he does like, so now you've got the US government speaking to all the TikTok stars. Yeah. But not not, not Charlie D'Amelio and Addison Ray and the, like the big Bryce Hall, the big guys, like the in-between guys. Yeah. And he does this skit like, what are those TikTok guys going to do now? I mean, they know how to sell shampoo and tampons. Okay, yeah. so, so there's the one part of it. <laughs> Now they're like, okay, so so, what, what are we what are we selling here? Yeah. And and can you please hold my camera for me for a second? It's yeah. Like, I don't know. They're, they're, maybe I'm too old, but I'm not getting something. I understand social media. I really do. Yeah. I think you're better than me. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, you're not great. I'm not gonna be lying to you. <laughs> but, <laughs> no. But, no, I'm but, but it's just there's a, it's such a strange reality. 
the, the, the generation that, I mean. Like, the, I know there's a, like when I first got into, onto Instagram, there's a vet in the US. Mm. And there's a couple of vets as well. And I, and I just know it because. It's like vet, celebrity. Vet is my industry. Yeah. Sure. It, and this chap has got, fuck, maybe like 4 million followers. Mm. Yeah, no, he's cooking, eh? But obviously he's a good looking chap. Well, on TikTok? Yeah, no, 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 on Instagram. Instagram. Yeah, he's a good looking chap. He's, he, but he, and he posts very cool feeds. You know, people... Is it valuable though? I mean, is it correct from uh, a vet point of view? Yeah, look, maybe, but he's obviously, he's selling himself. He, sure, sure, it's sure. It's his, you know, he's selling himself. Um, maybe he's... Um, the. I don't follow much of his content or look at his content, mm. but, um, you know, he's got four million followers. But because he can sell, he's a good-looking chap. He does veterinary, does plays with puppies, plays with dogs, plays with... Yeah, you stuff. put a good-looking guy without a shirt holding a yeah, puppy, oh, you're done. Can like I'll sign days, up. Eh? It's like, whatever, man. Yeah. Um, so, and that some, some stuff just get, gets likes. Eh? Is, is there, like, in the US, UK, wherever in the world, is there, like, a... Celeb- like, I'm thinking of... What's the the dog whisperer? What's his name? Uh, Cesar Mendes. Him. Yeah. Cesar Milan. C- Cesar Milan, not Cesar Mendes. <laughs> yeah, I don't, he's I don't like know a, who that is. That sounds like a Mexican soccer player. <laughs> yeah. So, so I mean, Cesar Milan has kind of crafted this role for him as the dog behaviorist and stuff. Yeah. Is there like a celebrity vet, like a Gordon Ramsay in the vet world? Um, but, but it, it worldwide. Mm. Mm. I mean, uh, I know you're it in South Africa, but no, internationally, no, I'm definitely not in South Africa. <laughs> Um, I think worldwide, it's it's definitely that chap um, I was talking about. Mm-hmm. See again, I don't even know his name. I just know there's a guy. Yeah. Um, because that shit almost doesn't interest me. Um, no, I mean naked guys playing with puppies. What do you want? Yeah, I, I don't. Fuck. <laughs> Where's the chicks? <laughs> um, but well, I mean, you, a, you can Google that. You'll find it. Like I, I know there's a there's a, a uh, I've seen a girl called Jungle Vet Girl. Jungle vet, jungle vet, mm-hmm. and she's supposed to be a wild wildlife vet. Mm. Look, she's got a lot of yeah, South Africa. No, no, no. Well, I think she's American. Mm. She gets a lot of contact, <laughs> but a lot of these people travel. Eh? They, they, they don't have permanent jobs, so they either do like a, maybe a stint in Africa for a couple of months, stint mm. in Asia, stint in. It's like the travel bloggers. It is essentially. So they, you know they'll go and do a little bit here, go but a little bit there. Are they still a vet then, or did they study vet and they're not doing it anymore? They're just using the label in order to get sponsorships and attention and money. I, I think a bit of both, Jerry. Really? Yeah. Look, maybe maybe they'll go and do... I don't think they're doing the hardcore part of veterinary being mm. like, listen... They're not pulling we, toothpicks we, out of like, dogs. Someone's not, someone in Africa is not going to be like, okay, please let's get Jungle Vet to come and dart <laughs> the animal because no. No. you know, you've got enough vets on your doorstep to do that. I think for publicity, for them, it's like, okay, let's go into... Zambia and we'll go dart a couple hundred buffalo and we'll move them to um, Congo as part of like Africa Park scenario. Do you think they're doing it because they care or do you think it's because of attention? I think for them at that stage it's because it's publicity Mm. and it's part of their job at that and their job is first social media and then vet. Mm. It's not vet first. Mm. You can't be a vet first and have social media. Mm -mm. No. I heard I heard an interesting podcast a couple of days ago. I'm trying to think what it was. Like, if you do the right thing for the wrong reason, mm. it's still the right thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it's kind of like it's yeah. a very yoga hug a tree type vibe. But yeah, yeah, yeah. if you do the right thing for the wrong reason, yeah, it's still the right thing. Yeah. 
Maybe it's somewhere there. I don't know. I don't know, but the, yeah, there's definitely you know, your if if you become I think one of those people, your job is social media. Mm. That's uh, your main cash cow. That's that, you're making that's money from. You, yeah, I mean they they must cream it. So you, I, I know on a day to day basis what it's like working in a very busy practice. Mm. You don't have time to do both. Google something. Um, so you they probably make more money yeah they definitely make more money from social media than they would from a, a permanent veterinary job yeah um, so for them yeah it's content and you know as content is you know, going around seeing what you can do I've just googled how much money do TikTok influencers make I don't know I might become one right now <laughs> I, I'm guessing Charlie D'Amelio and her sister what was her sister's name D, D Danny Demi something you're just saying names to me yeah 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 it means nothing um Charlie D'Amelio, most followed influencer, earned $17.5 million in 2021. Dixie D'Amelio earned $10 million. What am I doing here? Yeah. <laughs> you're pulling, to you're to pulling toothpicks out of Labrador. That's what you're doing. What should I be doing? <laughs> you're dancing naked at surgery. I, I should have pulled that toothpick out naked at surgery. That would go viral. I would have got a million dollars right there. A minimum. At least. <laughs> you're getting the look now. From here, um. you, know, you see, okay, it's not going to happen. Don't worry about it. Just joking. <laughs> In South Africa, is there such a thing? What? Like the celebrity vet or something? I, I, I wouldn't know. Not so much. I laugh. I had a, like a spokesperson or a um, face of the industry or something. like In that. our country, not so much. Mm. We we've got some very good wildlife vets, like the guys. There's a, a very very good um, vet, Johan Marais. He does um, saving yeah. survivors. Isn't Johan Marais also a snake? There's a snake guy called Johan Marais. No, this guy, this is a, he doesn't do snakes. Not snakes. No, no. So he actually was, he was one of our lecturers at um, Unisapuert when we were mm -hmm. studying. So he was, he was mainly an equine vet, so horses and whatnot, um, and had an interest in rhinos. And then now mm. he does primarily, um, you know, with all the, the rhino poaching and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So if there's like a rhino poached somewhere, him and his team kick Where's up. Where's he based? I think he's more mobile, so you know it, it varies. Mm. Um, but yeah, saving survivors is the is the group or the the, the company, mm. and what they do is like they'll go there, and if you know the horrific thing where you see where basically that rhino's nose has been chopped out, and you see those guys go there and they take those rhinos to a secure location and they treat oh, still them. still alive. Still alive, eh? So yeah, and oh, what they should. do is they try and basically put artificial coverings over the the nose to mm prevent infection mm -hmm. and eventually just to allow them to sort of continue life and hopefully you know if it's a male or a female yeah procreate and just continue the life do, do you think there's that i mean so i mean from my background and your background and in social media in the middle do you think there's value in posting all these gruesome pictures of rhinos that's been poached that's been chopped up a dead elephant with a fucking bullet hole in its head. Do you think there's value? Because I've seen, not recently, but yeah. there was a stage when it was a lot. And one year for the Wildlife Photographer of the Year Award, it was literally a dead rhino with this beautiful sunset. Yeah. Now I get it. Yeah, I yeah. understand it's very emotional. Yeah. It sucks and all poachers must die and whatever. Yeah. Do you think there's value in posting that content? That gruesome in your face? Yeah, I think it's it shows that, you know, it's it's the reality we live in and you know us in the in the suburbs or us in the 
the walls, don't know what's going on there. Mm. And I think for the us that, that do care about it, but we're, we don't actually know what's happening on the front line, mm. it's good to know the, the extent of it. I mean, there was we went um, a couple of years ago on a wildlife trip at university um, down to Mflozi, and we met the, the wildlife vet there, Dave Cooper, um, and he was talking about us. He's like, he says he's been doing this for years. Mm. And the guy got emotional. And he says, he's like, he says, this is the toughest job I've ever done in my life. He says, every day you wake up and you know you've got two or three dead rhinos. And it's like, it's it's oh, it's yeah, like oh, me. Yeah. You know, you got to go home. you got to go to work. And, you know, you have to euthanize animals. Like, for him, you know, his life is saving those animals. But he knows they're getting shot. They're getting killed. So it's just a more of a, you know, maybe it's it's hard and it's raw. Maybe that's the term. Mm. It's raw for for people to know that sh- this this should happen. So yeah, it's not it's not to say oh the rhinos are running free and they're being protected. I wonder I wonder if because I mean I, I I hear you. I wonder though if posting too much of it desensitizes people to it. Yeah, I think so. But I think that it's they don't want to see. Like, let me give you an example. So one of my I've got two fears. The one is needles. Don't fucking bring a needle close to me. <laughs> I will I either pass out or... I, I brought the biggest one today. Yeah, yeah, I saw it. Oh, great. <laughs> I will either punch you in the face or pass out. The other one is a dog fight. Mm. That freaks me out. To the point where... I mean, I, I remember... And I think I remember, we were at a... We went to watch a horse riding event out here in North Riding somewhere. Yeah. And many, many, many years ago. And there was this little... I think it was a baby Jack Russell. A little pup. Mm. Cute little thing. Bouncy. All over the place. And there was a staffy, but the staffy was not habituated, well, or friendly. Yeah. And I remember this thing running over, grabbing this youngster, shaking and running all over the place with it. Mm. It fucked me up. Yeah. I'm like, this shit is not right. Yeah. And if someone were to post dogfight footage on Instagram, Oof. it will, and I've seen it. Yeah, no. It will not make me think, oh, let me support this cause. I'm like, I don't want to see that shit. Fuck off. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm just wondering, where's the line from a conservation point of view of sharing pictures of dead animals to try and, yo, we got to save them versus here's a beautiful picture of a live rhino and the baby drinking water at sunset. I don't think people would grasp the the, the idea of what's actually happening then. I mean, How do you they, mean? I mean, I post a picture of like a good looking pit bull over there that's... This is dog fighting. Yeah, you're not going to know the the the, yeah. the the hard side of it, you know. But people post the hard side. Yeah, but that's I think that's what touches you. Yeah. You know, you fine, you don't want to see it, but I mean that's the reality of what happens at the end of the mm. day. I mean I, and it's 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 easier now with social media to say okay, this is what it is. You know, there's no filter behind it. Is there it. a line though? I don't think so, Jerry. There's no line anymore. No, not, the line's gone. The line's gone. You know, you don't have to, and I I think guys they they post that stuff to show you that you know this is what we're dealing with. Um, it's not all, you know, moonshine and roses. Yeah, and like it's not like we're saving every single one, or you know we do what we can. And you do you know, think people are scared of the truth? Yeah, I think people would rather not know, or or you know, you, you just say like, okay, I support anti-poaching. I support. I don't support dog fighting and don't support but unless you see it firsthand, mm. you don't really know. Mm. Like you can sit at a conversation like we're having and say like ah oh, fuck I don't like dog fighting. Sure. You know but you don't really do anything about it. Until you maybe you see it and then you can say, Okay, well, 
mm. maybe the small percentage that I have mm. of either donation or mm. or something might help. You I know. wonder. I wonder if it's not an in between therapy. Yeah. No, hundred percent shock. <laughs> like if, if if someone had to have a dog fighting feed where they're trying to raise awareness and raise money for that thing, mm. if they kept on posting dogs beating the shit out of each other, right? I, it, it wouldn't make me want to give money. I'm like, fuck off. I don't want to see this. <laughs> but, but. If Maybe not a video, but at least like a picture to say like, no, this is the con. No, picture I'm like, I'm throwing up in my pants. <laughs> I don't want that. Right. But if, if, if they could create content around it, as in someone like yourself, for example, standing up and saying, guys, this is the reality. Quick clip, two seconds. But here's what we can do. That humanizes the whole thing for me. No, I agree. Like, I think it all comes, it's a balance. Like, you don't want to see mm. animals suffering consistently, no. consistently. I mean, that's going to be the way. You, you know, if, if you know if you're going to go into that profile, all you're going to see is dead and dying animals. You're like, oh, I'd rather avoid it if I, if I have to. Funny you say that. Do you? There's a feed, if you don't follow them on Instagram, called Nature is Metal. No, I haven't done it. It literally is animals that are beating each other, killing each other, Things that have had their legs ripped off but are still living. They, this guy has cornered the mark. It is, I even don't know how many photos, but, but it's, it's insane. Yeah, like, people are drawn to that negative. They don't give shit. They don't give anything. No, but people are interested. I mean, like, I, so this is my example. Like, you have seen, how many kills kills have you seen in your lifetime? All of them. All like of them. a lot. Okay, so myself and Leah, we saw one in November. Yeah. Um, what did you see? It was uh, at Umflozi, and the and it was maybe <coughs> like not not the best kill in the world, but there was a, a <laughs> <laughs> part of lions chilling by a tree, and then a, a big elephant comes past. Oh. He's like, mm -mm, not keen. He walks this way. Shame. Pack heard a zebra come past. And oh, I thought you were about to tell me you saw a lion take an elephant. No, down. fuck, they're not. Uh, be, I'll be talking for days yet. <laughs> um, no, then shame. Heard a zebra come past mm. and a little foal comes past mm -hmm. and they walk straight into the. And it's honestly like I have two cats at home yeah. and they catch birds and they catch a cricket and I've seen them. They play with it. The they play with it. Yeah, like yeah, they yeah. Like oh, no, tap sure. it. They did this with this foal consistently. We sat there. I'm like, Leah, this is maybe the worst thing I've ever seen. In my and I said, I'd never want to see a kill in it's my life brutal. again. I was like, brutal. it's terrible. So like, I I can I can watch other stuff, but I don't think I will ever want to see a kill in my life again. So I've just, I've just pulled up. Check this feed. Nature is metal. Look at the followers. No, people love four love million. Shit, eh? I mean, what's the first one here? Is <laughs> describe that. Oh, that's that's lovely. Thank you, Jerry. Yeah, it's two I wolves basically got a, a little baby bunny rabbit, and it's called they're tearing this up, and it's called split the difference. <laughs> <laughs> and then you've got Man, this it's on point with his captions, huh? There's like 400 hyena on an elephant carcass. No, but this that thing is dead. Yeah, but I don't want to see a live living thing die. But here's the thing: people go for that; they want to see it. Mm. Is it going to encourage them to do something about it? Unlikely. There's the thing. So don't show me dog fights because it's unlikely. No, I, yeah, do I think something. it's a difference. Like you know, that's nature. That's wildlife. Mm. You know, that is part of the crux, or, or, or that's mm. that's life. But when you've got people putting throw, dogs throwing in a cage. animals in a in a situation where one cannot run away or cannot fend for himself, that gets me upset. Hey? Yeah, I I get more upset if I had to see two two guys on the street beating the shit out of each other. You know, 
Yeah, you guys deal with it. People are gross. You're man. big and strong. Okay, yeah, hundred percent. But if I see people doing that to animals, mm. I lose my shit. It's just very strange how we've been either conditioned or desensitized to the whole thing. Yeah, you know, like you know, death is all around us, and that's what it is. But um, that deep. And I think a lot of people don't want to. Obviously, if you don't have to see it and acknowledge it, you know, it's easier to turn a blind turn eye. Turn a blind eye at the end of the day. And yeah, you know that rhinos are dying. I mean, most of South Africans know that mm. there's poaching going on. There's horrific shit, but you know, we've all got our day to day shit to also deal with. Mm. So why should you know, also that also day to day shit? How was COVID for you guys? Um, at, at the practice, I'll, you know, funny enough, it was all right. Did you work throughout? Yeah, essential services. Essential services, and it was actually. Um, you know, I think in our industry it grew because, and it's not uh, our industry grew in the COVID time, and I think it's comparable to every I don't know what other industries there were. Um, it was good because people had to stay home. You Mm -hmm. know, you were you can't move, you can't. So people were saying, okay, well, shit. I mean, I've got to play with my dogs. I've got to play with my cats more. Pay attention to them for a change. I've got to pay attention, and I think a lot of people that didn't have didn't have dogs or cats because they were you know every day they were at work or they had obligations somewhere else they were like okay well i'd love to get a pet now mm. you know, i've got time mm. i can mm. sit so adoptions were up um and so How was it yeah yeah so basic health care was up I never thought about that, actually. so sterilizations vaccinations all of that so you know that grew a lot and and worldwide eh not only us not only south africa but us UK, mm. oh, i'm saying worldwide so we grew um, and grew well, um, but it's maybe hit a plateau now. Obviously, people are back to normality and, and all of that. And I think mm. with how things are going financially, you know, you see a little bit of a plateau. Mm. Um, people got to go back to work. Petrol prices are up. Don't even go there. All of all of all of um, you know, Escom petrol. So they reckon we're gonna hit thirty liters oh, well, 30 shit. rand per liter oh, well, shit. Awesome. your land is gonna take some huh? i don't know what to do <laughs> <laughs> yeah, buy a little buy a vespa. Key, well a ah. vespa. <laughs> buy a vespa there you go yeah, you're not, you're not, I'm not doing that <laughs> no ways vespa no i mean i don't know for you personally what was COVID like did you feel because a lot of people were forced around the globe to go and sit at home for seven weeks and just not go out. I mean, for some countries it was worse. They stayed for months. Don't. So Smug Mug is a photography portfolio website. So you can sign up and have a website with your mm. photos and this. And I spoke to Alistair Jolly, who's the international kind of marketing slash ambassador manager type thing. Yeah. And when I spoke to him once during COVID, I mean, he looked like a mess. Alistair, if you're listening, sorry, bro, but you did. And for you, what was it like? Because you were still working every single day. Did you feel the effects? Yeah, so I'll be honest. So like we had in right in the beginning, we implemented like um, rotational shifts because mm. we thought, okay, everyone's got to go locked down. Mm. So we went really like essential staff, maybe one vet on for a couple of hours, then another vet in. Like skeleton staff. Skeleton staff, nothing. proper. Mm. So in April, like when it, when it was, it was very quiet. No one came out. Um, 
But you guys were open. You were operating. No, we were operating. Mm. And like we could, we went out when we needed to. Um, and it actually got to a point, Jerry, where we had to all go back on because we had people for days. Mm. And again, I don't know if it's a, a, a consequence of I'm bored. Yeah, let me take the, the dog to the vet. I've got an excuse to go out to essential service. You know. I, I went to th- I went to walk around this game just to get out the house. Yeah, like I've just got to get out the house. I, I know I can either go to the vet, the doctor. Or buy food. Yeah, mm. I've got an option. Mm. So it was possibly possibly one of those. Um, and thank goodness mm. for myself as well and my, my mental health. Because I thought also, okay, cool, essential staff. I might get like a day off now and again. I can chill. I can maybe do a little bit of studying. I Didn't can, happen. Ah, I was so bloody bored. And I was like, I cannot wait to get out of this house. I want to, mm. like, I can only walk around the garden so much. I can no, only sure. watch so, I think Tiger King was the, my, my <laughs> favorite. That was when Tiger King was the biggest thing. Oh, wow. Um, no, but it, it, um, luckily I was essential service because I could actually get out the house. So mm. I, and I, I know my, one of my f- part of my family they said they were stuck in a in a flat for the they couldn't walk out they couldn't take the yeah. dog out and they said they just it was shit. Mm. I, shit i i read a couple of research articles recently on the effect of covid the pandemic on the global the, the mental health of the global population yeah and you're looking at kids yeah i mean if you imagine a two to three year old in today's world oh, they've really? lived their entire life with people wearing masks yeah they're not, they're now it's massive we as humans we project seven different emotions through our face yeah anger fear hate love whatever these kids don't have that and it's a shit show it's you know it's, and it's actually you got to tell them how to you know once comes away like listen you there are there is life without masks mm-hmm. you, know, you can show other ways and there's a society outside of you know keeping without a, a temperature and a sanitization and a you, you, eventually <laughs> <laughs> you, you wonder if the kids that's born now 20 25 30 years from now it's gonna be interesting eh? if they're going to read about this are they going to think yo they actually manage it pretty well or are they going to look at it and think those people have no fucking idea what they they fucked this up yeah i, I wonder like i and for me i think about when i was going through school and university mm. you know the biggest thing then was you know i had my friends you can go out yeah and, sure and that's all you think honestly that's what you think about being that age yeah and you know when you're at university you, the, my balance was you you study hard you, you play hard oh, and, after. and then you don't have that balance anymore you get nah. you're not allowed to go out you can't go see your mates you can't drink you can't do anything mm. fucking hell you got. I mean, you got people who missed matric dances and it's a big exams. Thing, man. And so Jono, my partner at Wild Eye, his daughter, as lockdown happened, that was her first year of medical. Yeah, man. Her first two years of studying to be a doctor was done on a Zoom call. Yeah. It's wrong. No, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't enjoy that at no. all. No. No. To touch wood. Well, thank goodness. No. It wasn't around. No. I had to just do it in the in the working stages of life mm. but yeah it's going to be interesting to see yeah. how are you hungry I'll chow okay let's go have dinner and I'm getting an eye yeah, yeah I, can, I can tell <laughs> it's real listen Jason thank you so much it's been real thanks Jerry um, we'll do this again sometime please and yeah I'm well you've seen Ziggy today and you'll probably see him again soon <laughs> 
But um, it's been real. Thank you so much. Thank you. We'll do it again. Guys, thank you so much for catching the next episode. Bye, everybody.